and this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. drew out the chariots and horses, the army, and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wing. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the howls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I form for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. This is the word of the Lord. This past summer was uh, an interesting time for me. I had, at the end of one of our mission teams, a, a young woman came up to me and she said, I need to pray for you and I also have a prophetic word for you. Now, if you know me and my background, that probably makes me a little nervous, okay? That's something that in my tradition of faith growing up, very few people did. But now, since I've lived in New York for six years, in New York City for six years now, I'm much more acclimated to things that are outside my comfort zone. And so she shared with me the prayer, and it was phenomenal. She prayed for me, and she actually prophesied two verses from this section that Shirley just read. And I want to read those two for us again. It was Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. And the words are this, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. And I want to stay there for a second. This is the first verse, and this is what we're talking about right now, isn't it? A lot of people are doing New Year's resolutions, and we're, we're talking about moving on to the next year. And for me, this past summer, we, uh, we were still downstairs. We were about to move up, remember? You know, we were downstairs, and we're moving up here, and, and we were thinking, do we have enough people to fill upstairs? And the answer we can see tonight is, is not yet, but we will. And so the, the thing that she was speaking over me, she said, God is telling me to let you know that he's about to do a new work. He's about to do something new in your life and in the ministry's life. And that led to this next verse here in verse 19. And it says, See, I am doing a new thing. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And then it says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God is telling his people here, I'm doing the things that aren't possible, and I'm going to do it through you. This is a promise of the Old Testament, and we can uh, sometimes, or I guess oftentimes, we can misapply things in the Bible to our lives, but the principle here is that God does desire to do a new work in your life. 
God desires for your life to matter. He desires to make the most out of your life. And when we don't believe in him and we don't believe in his promises, it hinders him from working in our life. There's this magical, I won't say magical, I mean it's magical like Joey says thank you on friends, right? The magical word or this term that we have in our faith and it's, in our faith, and it's called faith. Faith is the magic formula, if you will. It's what releases God's work into our lives. And when we don't live by faith, we can never please God. And I wonder how many times, as this verse says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. I wonder how many times we miss out on God's best for our lives because we are dwelling on the things of our past. How many times do we miss out on what God is wanting to do with us here and now because we're dwelling on what happened then? A caveat here would be, then could be a good thing. It's not just the bad things that trip us up and think, well, God can never use me. Sometimes it's the glory days. It's, I wish I could go back to when it was good because it's not so good right now. So if we're dwelling on the past, it doesn't matter. We're not going to make the most of our life here and now. Tonight, I'm going to give you four truths to remember, and I want you to speak these over your life as often as you can remember them, and they're in the worship folder for you right now to follow along. But if you remember these, you'll make the most of every moment in your life. We'll start with number one. In your worship outline, or your sermon outline, it says this. Number one, every moment God is with me. Remember this. Every moment God is with me. This means comfort in our lives because we know God is with me. It means power in our lives because we understand that God is with me. He's not only with me with his presence, but he's with me in bringing his power into my presence. It means security. It means love. It means strength. It means peace. It means hope. It means so many things when we understand that God is with me. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, we see this promise in one of um, many verses that point to this, but this is a powerful one with Jesus. He's at the end of his earthly ministry, and he's just risen from the dead. He's been walking with his disciples for about 40 days, and now he is about to ascend into heaven. And in verse 16, it reads this. This is at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But what does it say right there next? But some doubted. Not all of them were, yes, we're on board. There were some who still doubted. Then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the end, to the very end of the age. So Jesus leaves them with a, a huge mission to go and make disciples of all nations, all people groups, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit, and teaching them on top of that to obey everything I've commanded you. So this is a huge mission. But at the end, he says, I want you to remember this truth. I'm with you, always. I'll be with you to the very end of the age. I will be with you. God is with them, and God is with us. And Christmas reminds us every year that God is with us. The name Emmanuel is a name 
for Jesus, and it means literally God with us. So if you think you're alone in life, you're going to live lonely, and you'll live weak. You'll be separated from the pack, if you will, and you'll be picked off. You'll be vulnerable. But when you remember God is with you, you will feel close to God. You'll be strengthened by him. You may desire a romantic relationship, or maybe you're in one that needs to be renewed. And this is a time for you to remember that God is with you and that you're not alone. You may be desiring a new job this year or a promotion because you're undervalued where you are. And this is a time for you to remember that God is with you right where you are right now. You may desire to share your faith with a friend because they are not a believer in Christ and it tears you up inside. This is a time for you to remember that it's not up to you alone because God is with you in this moment. You may desire to start a new business and you may be nervous about that. And this is a time for you to remember that God is with you and that you are not alone. You may desire to take a step of faith and be baptized and to follow Christ with all you have and you're nervous about that because you don't know how to do it. And this is a time for you to remember that God will always be with you. Remember every moment of your life that God is with me. God is with me. Number two, every moment is a fresh start. Amen? We're going to talk more about this, obviously, because I just introduced it. But every moment is a fresh start. If you've ever thought, man, I really messed up too big this time. Or if you've ever thought, God won't forgive me of this again. Or if you've ever thought, it's too late for God to use me because of whatever. Or if you've ever thought, I've wasted so many years and nothing I can do can get them back. Then this is what you need to remember. That every moment is a fresh start. You're not alone. When you're hearing those type of doubts what you're doing is experiencing temptation from the tempter, Satan, and he's trying to get you to doubt the goodness of God. He's trying to get you to doubt the compassion of God. He's trying to get you to, to doubt the love of God, and he's most certainly trying to get you to question the faithfulness of God. In Lamentations chapter 3, verses 17 and following, we, we read this, and I'll talk more about it after I read it, but here's what it says. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. This is a person talking. So I say, my splendor is gone, and all that I had hoped from the Lord, it's gone. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. And then there's a turning point. Yet this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. His love never fails. In verse 23 it says, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We just sang that song, didn't we? 
Great is your faithfulness, God. This was written when Israel was suffering and they were not feeling the mercy of God in their life. They were not seeing the compassion of God in their life. They were not knowing and experiencing the grace of God in their lives. They were living in circumstances that were extremely harsh. But the truth of God remained, even in the midst of their circumstances. The truth of God remained that His mercies, His compassions are new every morning. Don't believe the lies of the accuser. Don't believe the lies of the one who tries to get you to doubt because it's not too late for you. Your sin is not too great for God. God can take your wasted years and make more out of your remaining years than you ever thought possible. You can't get those back. But God can take the ones you have left and do such a great work that you, you know what? He can do more than just help you not even experience what it was like, but he can somehow use all that messed up garbage in the past and bring glory from it. He's that wonderful. It's not too late. Just because your life is difficult right now doesn't mean it's going to be difficult tomorrow. Sometimes we go through difficult times and it's not because there's this deep-seated sin within our hearts. Sometimes it's just a process we're having to go through for whatever reason. But just because it's difficult today doesn't mean it's going to be difficult for you tomorrow. Our lives are filled with seasons. We have seasons of suffering and we have seasons of celebration. We have seasons of poverty and we have seasons of prosperity. We have seasons of sickness, which has taken a lot of people out this week. And we have seasons of health. We have different seasons in life. And all of the good God does, I'm start over because I, I said dog instead of God. Uh, it's a little, um, when you read it backwards, whatever that is, dyslexia. All of the good God does in our lives is never taken away. So all the good things that he does in our lives can never be taken away. But all the bad we have done in our lives God is going to take that away forever. He redeems us. God is the God of second chances, and his grace ensures that we will not run out of those second chances. Every moment is a fresh start. God is faithful to us. Listen, God is faithful to us because Jesus was faithful to earn our grace. The grace that God gives to us freely wasn't just given to us for no cost. It's the fact that Jesus was faithful enough to pay that cost that we couldn't pay. And because he was faithful, God gives us grace. The second step in making the most of every moment is remembering that every moment is a fresh start. Number three, every moment I am loved. Every moment I am loved. This may be the biggest desire or need for human beings. Uh, Listen to some of these quotes about love. Quick Google search revealed this. There is only one happiness in life, to love and to be loved. It's not bad, right? Here's another one. Love is life. And if you miss love, you miss life. Here's another one. We cease loving ourselves if no one loves us. I can't really find anything wrong with any of those. I just thought they were interesting. But there is something within us that desires to be loved and desires to be accepted. The problem with 
looking for love in all the wrong places and looking for love and too, too much? Okay. Um, a couple of you got that one. Um, the problem with looking for love out here is that any one of you at any moment can choose to never love me. You may not love me right now. I'm just going to assume that you do because you look like good people. But at any moment, you could choose to not love me. You could remove your love from me. But see, that's not going to happen with our relationship with God. We don't have to walk with this tension like, I hope I don't offend him. I hope I don't upset him. And he remove his love. But every moment we remember that I am loved. Many of our struggles in life, our poor choices, our insecurities, they come because we don't feel loved and we don't feel accepted. Our society has many answers on how we can find love, but the Bible has a different narrative. The culture, the society tells us, here are the ways that you can find love in your life. The Bible says, here is the way that love has found you. God has found you. He's the one who's sought you out. He's the one who has extended love to you. In uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 9, we see this written. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? You see, God didn't choose to love you and me because we finally proved ourselves to him. We finally got it right. He chose to love you and me first, and then he proved his love to us. He chose to love us, and then he proved his love to us by sending his son to die on the cross for our sins. Now, what can be done for us to lose this love? What if we don't live up to the name Christian? What is going to happen if someone threatens me and threatens to to take away my faith or my life? What if Satan is right and I'm not really good enough? What about when I die? Well, Romans chapter 8 tells us some of these things. It says in verse 38, it says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, as if there could be something else, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the way to guarantee the fact that you are loved in every moment, is to call on the name of Jesus. And it is secured for you in every moment. But we're hard-headed people, aren't we? Well, I am. You don't have to you know, say that. But sometimes people can be hard-headed, and we need constant proclamation of truth in our lives. We don't get it the first time. It's not like God said, hey, I love you, and now we're like, oh, I get it. You never have to say it again. We need to proclaim the truth of God into our lives often, often, often. And there's a wonderful psalm, Psalm 136, and I'll show you the first three verses of it. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, and then it reads, his love endures forever. Then it says, give thanks to the God of gods, and then it says, his love endures forever. Then it says, give thanks to the Lord of lords. 
And then it says, his love endures forever. Do you see a pattern here? 26 verses in this psalm, and the second line of every verse is, his love endures forever. This is a wonderful one to read when you feel like you aren't loved. Because it goes over and over and over to say, his love endures forever. No matter what you've done, because of Christ, God loves you. No matter how alone you feel, because of Christ, God loves you. People, yes, they can break our hearts. They can change their minds. They can walk out. But that's when God reminds us that he will always be there for us. He will never walk out. God's love is secured in the work that he has done through Jesus. We don't prove our love to him. He has proven his love for us. It is a covenant love. It's binding. It will never be undone. And the resurrection of Christ secures that forever. The third step in making the most of every moment is remembering every moment I am loved. Number four, every moment, sometimes I, when I do this, I want to like take guesses. Like, what do you think it is? Because I know what it is. And you're just waiting for it to, to, to pop up there, aren't you? You ready? Victorious. Every moment, some of you are like, I didn't have that. Every moment, I am victorious. Too often, we, we give Satan too much credit. We think the world is a lost cause and that he's too powerful of an enemy. I'm not saying that we should go around mocking him or playing foolish games thinking that he's not powerful. That would be dangerous. What I am saying is this. I'm saying victory belongs to Jesus. And when we belong to Jesus, that means that victory belongs to us. If we belong to him, then we are part of God's victorious plan. We are part of his victorious plan in powerful ways even. And I want to read a verse for you that I don't know that I've ever read this in church in a sermon before. And I want to read it for us right now. Romans chapter 16 is toward the end of the letter when Paul was writing. And he writes this. He says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Now this is an amazing picture. Paul had just told the Roman Christians to be on alert because there are some people who are causing dissensions in the church Some people are trying to deceive people and take the focus away from Jesus. They're coming in and distracting from the main thing. He praised them. He said, I see your obedience and I rejoice in this. And I want to encourage you, he said, I want you to encourage you to be wise in good things and I want you to be innocent in the evil things. And then he says, right after that, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Wow. He's saying, don't worry. God's going to win. He's going to crush the enemy and he's going to do it under your feet. Now we're victorious because God is victorious and our faith in him unlocks this strength It unlocks this power. It unlocks victory in our lives to where we know that Satan doesn't have authority over us, but that God is going to crush him also under our feet. He gives us victory over Satan, and we have a superior standing over him as well. We are not more powerful than Satan on our own, but our Father is. We are not more powerful than Satan on our own, 
but our Father is. And our Father doesn't just keep our enemy at bay, but He crushes Him. He utterly defeats Him for us. And through Jesus, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors of temptation. We are more than conquerors of sin. We are more than conquerors of death. Nothing separates us from the love of God and nothing takes away our victory in Him. Every moment, remember, I am victorious. I am victorious. We all choose in life who we're going to listen to. I was on a road trip uh, going all the way to my homeland of Arkansas for Christmas, and we had a lot of time in the car, and at, at a few different points, all six of us in the van are listening to something different. I have my earbuds in, carries on social media. Uh, I have my kids, they're on their tablets and stuff. They're doing, we're doing our own thing. We're all choosing who we're going to be listening to in that moment. And, and life is like that as well. We're listening to something, we're giving our attention, we're focusing on something all the time, unless we're sleeping. But we have a choice. What are we going to be listening to? Every moment you have a choice. Are you going to listen to the Lord? Are you going to believe Him? Are you going to pursue His righteousness? Or are you going instead to listen to the ever-changing voices of the culture? Or worse, or maybe not worse, or listen to these often confused voices that were within us. You know, what I thought today was wise, I maybe not have thought was so wise 10 years ago. I may have grown a lot. And I, someone quoted this. You can um, Google it. Maybe you can find it. But someone said, at some point in life, you always look back. I think it was Tim Keller, actually. You always look back at yourself in the past and think, man, I really wasn't as wise as I thought I was. That's a perpetual thing in our lifetime. So if we're always becoming more wise and we can't even really trust ourselves even now in this moment, what we really need to be doing is listening is be listening to the Word of God, the God that never changes, the one who speaks truth into our lives. And what we need to do is take that Word of God and we need to speak it over our lives. It's not the same. This is a pretty important principle as well. It's not the same just to to read the Word of God and sit there and think. Mm. There's something powerful about speaking There's something powerful about saying the truth of God and saying things like, every moment God is with me. And then saying, every moment is a fresh start. And saying, every moment I am loved. Every moment I am victorious. That's my encouragement to you. To make the most of every moment in your life because you are here for a reason. And make this moment matter. Don't try to make this year one of the best years ever. Instead, I want you to focus on a much smaller scale. Make this moment the most you can make it. Make the most of this moment because this is the moment that you'll always be living in. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray that you would give us a a spirit of truth and a spirit of grace and a spirit of love so that we would uh, have this disposition of, of wanting to trust you and, and desiring to be with you and desiring to just absorb every part of your word and 
I pray, God, that you would speak tenderly to our hearts and draw us close to you so that we would know that you're with us and that um, our past doesn't define who we are, but who you say we are defines us. Remind us that we're loved. Remind us that we're victorious. Help us to walk in that victory. We praise you for this past year, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the things that have happened. God, you're worthy of praise, and we trust that you will make the most of this next year in our lives if we will make the most of the moments you give us. In Jesus' name, amen.